Welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Patrick Hamilton. I'm the campus pastor of ministries here at Rolling Hills Nashville Campus. Today's message you'll hear from Pastor Jeff as he teaches from Exodus 3, when God calls Moses out from the burning bush. We hope that today's message encourages you and challenges you to listen for God's call on your life. Now let's hear from Jeff. Uh, Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today. Welcome to everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to everybody watching online, wherever you're watching from. So glad you're joining in. And I am so thankful because God is at work and God is moving. And last week we started a brand new series. It's our summer series. And in our summer series, we're looking at the greatest adventure. And we're walking with the children of Israel as they are coming out of being slaves in Egypt. God's delivering his people and he's taking them on this journey across the wilderness to the promised land, the land promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and his forefathers. They're going to go into this beautiful land, but they have been slaves here. And we're seeing how the parallels are in our own lives as God's delivering us from being slaves to sin and, and then taking us on a journey in our life. And God has heaven prepared for us. Awesome, right? I mean, just incredible one day, but we're in the middle of this adventure. We're in the middle of this journey and following him. And so last week we started this series, right? And if you were here, we saw this born for a purpose and how Moses was born for a purpose that God had a plan for him, just like God's got a plan for each of us. And today we're gonna be talking about this, God's call. That God has a specific call on every one of our lives and our call is to trust him and to follow him and to be obedient to him. Now, I remember when I graduated college and it was, it was exciting, but it was also one of the most challenging times of my life. And maybe you guys remember this, maybe it was for you, it was high school, maybe wherever it was in your life. But I remember college because, you know, everything had kind of gone like planned, right? You know, I went to elementary school and I made it through, praise God, you know, and I made it to middle school and then to high school. And then, you know, every time I had challenges and all these things, but then you get to college and then, but now I'm getting ready to graduate and I'm thinking, what's next, right? And now it's like all these things that are out there and I'm a Christ follower at the time and I'm trusting God and I'm praying and I remember praying, God, what are you calling me to do, right? I mean, I had interviews, I had jobs to to look at, sending out resumes. I was dating this girl at the time and I'm like, God, is she the right one for me? I don't know. You know, I mean, you're calling me to get married or you're calling me to take this job. And it was just a confusing kind of time. And so, so I remember praying one day and going, okay, God, here's the thing. If you will just write me a letter, I'll do it, right? I mean, that's all it is. You write me a letter and do it. And I'm like, yeah, I look back and got to laugh now. But I, I remember going to the mailbox and thinking, okay, today's the day. Yeah, there's going to be a letter in here from God, you know. And like I get out to the mailbox and I open it up and there was no letter. You know, it's like, what? God, what do you want me to do? I remember driving sometimes and thinking, okay, I'm going to come around this curve. God just put a billboard up. Just say, Jeff, this is what I want you to do for your life, you know? And, and I, there's no billboard, right? Or I remember listening to songs on the radio going, okay, is there a hint? Is there a clue in there? God, what are you saying to me? And, and I remember all that because I was thinking, God, what do you call me to do? I just want to know. But what I remember is also this, that I wanted to know what God wanted me to do. And then I wanted to evaluate it with what I wanted to do. And I wanted to go, hmm, which do I like better? And God's saying, listen, I want you to trust me. I want you to follow me. I'm going to call you to do things throughout your life. But obedience is what I'm calling you to. Because I've got plans that you can't even dream or even imagine. If I were to tell you right now, you wouldn't even understand it. But you hold on to me. You trust me. And in all of our lives, God is calling each of us. 
And there's different stages in our lives. There's different things that he calls us to in relationships. There's different times in our lives that he calls us to take this job or that job. All of us are walking through different periods. How do we know what God's saying to us? How do we know what God's calling us to do? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. So Old Testament, right? You're going back there. To the beginning, you got Genesis and then Exodus. And last week, we were in Exodus chapter 1. In Exodus chapter 1, the children of God are now slaves in Egypt. Uh, If you go to the end of Genesis, you know, they've come to Egypt. Joseph becomes second in command, and there's a famine in the promised land where the Hebrews were living. And he says, hey, come down here and live here in Egypt. And I'm going to give you this land of Goshen, and it's beautiful. And so 70 people go down there. Well, 350 years transpire between Genesis and Exodus, And all of a sudden now there's about a million people. And so a Pharaoh comes to power who doesn't know Joseph. And he says, hey, what if this million people decides to rebel against us? Uh, Let's enslave them. And so they put slave masters over them and and they brutally oppress them. And now they say, hey, every baby boy born, throw into the Nile. We're going to stop these Hebrew people from growing. But God was with them. And so there's this mom, Jochebed, right? And she takes her son, Moses, when he's three months old, and she puts him in this little boat. And she sends him down right by Pharaoh's daughter, you know? And this amazing mom, you know? And and just trusting that God's going to take care of her child. And Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket, and she hears the cry, and and she's like, oh, it's a Hebrew baby. And and her heart goes out. And and so she sends, you know, for his mom to to nurse him and, and to wean him. And so Jochebed gets to raise her son until he's four or five years old. And she gives him this spiritual foundation. And moms and grandmothers are so thankful for you, right? All these parents here, you're pouring into your kids. And so Moses is raised then for four to five years with Jochebed, but then he goes to live in the Pharaoh's palace. And Moses grows up with all the success. Moses grows up with the best education. He grows up with the best food. He is trained. Many people believe he's going to be the next Pharaoh, But in Moses' heart, he knows he's destined for following God. He doesn't fall in love with Egypt. And when he's 40 years old, he goes out and he sees an Egyptian slave master abusing a Hebrew, one of his own people. And he looks this way and that way and he kills the Egyptian, buries him. And then he finds out Pharaoh heard about this and he's going to kill Moses. So Moses flees. And we left off last week at the end of Exodus 2 with Moses being out in the wilderness. And he's there and he meets this priest, Jethro, and, and he marries Jethro's daughter, Zipporah, and he has a child. And for 40 years, Moses is out in the wilderness. You ever been there? Just wondering, God, are you finished with me? God, do you have something else? And look what happens. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. Why this bush does not burn up? A lot of people believe this was an acacia bush. And we do a biblical study tour to Israel every couple of years. We'll go again in October of 22. So if you want to go and be a part, but we do a hike through the wilderness and there's these acacia bushes that were used for kindling and they would just kindle up really fast. But this bush wasn't burning up. It was just on fire and flames are coming out. And Moses is thinking, what's happening? Well, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to Moses. God called him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. 
And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. So God shows up in this burning bush and meets with Moses right there. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of the slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And I bet you Moses is like, I wanna go there, right? Milk and honey, I'm in a wilderness. You know, I wanna go to that land. It's the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. All these people have moved into the land since you've been gone for 350 years. There's a lot of people there. There's some challenges there. But now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Here's what God says to Moses. Here's your call, Moses. You go back. You go back and tell Pharaoh, let my people go, right? You go back and do that. And you think Moses would go, okay, great. (laughs) But what does Moses do? Well, let me evaluate that, compare that to what I want to do. But Moses said to God, well, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign that you, that you, to you, that it is I who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, and man, I'm just so powerful, right? I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. That's Yahweh. It's the personal name of God. Right? The Hebrews, the Jews believe this name is so sacred that they won't even put the vowels in the name when they write Yahweh. So we don't even know exactly how it's spelled. We know the consonants, Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. God says, I am who I am. I am. And, and I love that parallel to Jesus. We talked about it earlier during worship, but, but just thinking about that Jesus later on, Jesus in his earthly ministry, and he'll say to the Pharisees, he'll say to the Sadducees, he'll say to all the people, he'll say, I am. And he makes seven I am statements. I am the light of the world. I am the bread of life. I am the way. And they're all going, whoa, he's saying he is God because that's the personal name from God. And Jesus is going, yes, I am. I am fully God. And I am here for you. Skip down verse 19. God says, but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand compels him. So I'll stretch out my hand to strike the Egyptians with all the wonders that I'll perform among them. And after that, he will let you go. He tells Moses, here's exactly what's gonna happen. And next week, we're gonna see these incredible miracles that unfold, right? And God says, and I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed toward this people so that when you leave, you will not go empty handed. Every woman is to ask her neighbor and any woman living in her house for articles of silver and gold and for clothing which you will put on your sons and daughters, so you will plunder the Egyptians. 
God's like, you won't even believe it, Moses. I'm going to do something bigger you can dream. You're going to plunder the Egyptians. They're going to pay you for all the work that you've done. You're going to walk out of there. And you would think Moses would be like, yes, let's go, God. You know, I mean, you're calling me to this. This is going to be fantastic. But no, (laughs) Moses begins to think of things like, but God, I can't speak real well. God, how are you going to use me? And look over in chapter four, verse 13, Moses comes down and he says, pardon your servant, Lord, but please send somebody else. Moses is about to walk away, right? Moses is like, I can't do it. God, send somebody else. God, you can't use me. I mean, look at all my shortcomings. Look at all my weaknesses. Look at who I am. God, send somebody else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he'll be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and and put words in his mouth and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if, if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take the staff in your hand so that you can perform the signs with it. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. And Jethro said, go, and I wish you well. So at 80 years old, 80 years old, God calls Moses and Moses accepts and says, God, I don't understand what you're calling me to do, but God, I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go. Hey, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. And I think it's so important for us today. So if you're here at Franklin, there's a worship guide there. Also, hey, if you're online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and you can fill in some blanks there just to help us know. But I want us to understand this because when we're on this adventure, God's gonna call us. And there's gonna be different points in our life and in our journey. And how do we know what God wants us to do? Hey, listen, God has a call in your life. Please don't miss that. And maybe you just kind of think, well, you know what? God's up there. He's really busy and I'm kind of down here and I'm just going to figure life out. No, no, no. God has a call on your life. You are important to God. You're not just a number or a statistic. Hey, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. <laughs> think about this. God called Moses by name and God calls you by name. You know that the God of the universe knows your name? Do you know you are that valuable to him? The Bible says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. <laughs> you know, often we look at our shortcomings, right? We, we go in the mirror and we're like, oh man, my nose is too big, my ears, you know. But what if we just started to realize, wait a minute, God made me. I am unique. There's nobody else in the world. 7.4 billion people out there. And God made me unique. I am different. I have different skill sets, I have different abilities, I have different talents, I have different gifts. God made me and God has called me just like God called Moses and God called Peter and God called Matthew, so God calls you. God revealed himself to Moses and God will reveal himself to you. I love how God says, I am. (laughs) I love that that's the name of God. Not just I was, oh, because he was, right? He has been there from all creation. Not just I will be, yeah, we'll be with him in heaven and we have all eternity, but I am. Right here, right now. Whatever you're facing, whatever your worry, whatever your struggle, 
Whatever your fear, God just says, I am. I am enough. I am with you. I am for you. You are valuable to me. Hey, God calls us first to salvation through his son, Jesus. You know, I'm so glad you're at church. It's great. But being at church doesn't make you a Christ follower. There comes a point where you say yes to following Jesus. There comes a point as God draws you to himself that you step over that line just as Jesus called his disciples, come follow me. And you say, I want to follow. I want to follow. I want to trust. And for all of us, when we make that commitment, I was eight years old. I made that commitment to Christ and never regretted it for a moment. I got to tell you, the most important decision in my life, it, it just gets deeper and richer every year. And there's struggles, there's challenges, but man, God is always with me. And for you, there's this call to salvation. And maybe in your life, you've been going, you know what, I, I kind of like church, it's great, but, but you know, I got my own deal going, my own thing, and yet God's going, I'm calling you so much more. Now, when you accept Christ, God doesn't immediately just take you home to heaven, Right? That'd be kind of nice. It'd be awesome. You're, like, you're praying, and then the next thing you know, like, hey, where'd they go? You're, right? you're in heaven, right? But, but God has a plan and a purpose for you here all the days of your life. So he calls you in salvation, but then God will continue to call out to you throughout your life. God will continue to call out to you throughout your life and say, follow me, trust me, because I've got a plan and a purpose for you right here, right now. Look, God has a general call to all his people. To all these people, if you're a Christ follower, there's a general call. Look, do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. What made it holy ground? Presence of God. The presence of God, right? When God showed up, right? Moses worshiped. And God calls us to worship. There's these holy moments, right? We just worship. That's our, our response to God for who he is and for what he's done in our life. You know, God says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So great job, you guys. You're here at church. Way to go. You know, you're watching. I mean, that is important. But God knew when he made us, we need time every seven days to focus on him, to worship. Otherwise, we're going to get caught up in this world. We're going to think this world is all that there is. And we're going to miss out. We're going to have these angers and fear and worries if we don't just set our eyes on Jesus. So worship, this general call to follow him. And Moses worshiped. Hey, there are certain spiritual practices all God followers are called to do. There are certain spiritual practices. Worship, uh, discipleship, you know, reading the Bible, <laughs> prayer. It's not like, did God call me to do that? Yes, right? He says, work out your salvation. You know, I mean, God's calling us. You know, some people go, well, I don't really have the gift of evangelism. That's not me. And God's like, well, yeah, but I've still called you to share your faith. I've still called you to invite somebody to church. I've still called you that we have this general call, these spiritual practices. I've called you to serve. I've called you to give. I've called you to be generous, right? It's not just all about you. There are general practices for all of us. Look at this. Are you faithful in the general spiritual practices? I mean, when you come down to, to worship, are you, are you reading? Are you praying? Are you just saying, God, I want to know you? Because see, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro. Moses was being faithful right there in that time, and then God showed up. <laughs> and it's many times, right, when you're at church that God speaks, or it's many times when you have community that God speaks, and are you being faithful in those spiritual practices? Now, notice this. God has a specific call to each individual Christ follower. So you got this general call, you got a specific call. And the call comes to each one of us, just like it came to Moses. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. 
That was Moses' call. That's not our call. We had a different call. But Moses had this call to go back to Egypt. See, God called Moses specifically to lead God's people out of Egypt. And I'm sure Moses' first thought was, hey, wait a minute, God. Last time I was there, I killed an Egyptian and Pharaoh was trying to kill me. And now you want me to go back? You kind of see why he's going, are you sure, God? Can you send somebody else? Uh, Because they're kind of after me. I don't know how this is going to go down. And God's like, yeah, but trust me. Now you got I am with you. (laughs) Now you got I am with you. Hey, God calls you to a specific task and purpose. Everyone in here, right? When you are a Christ follower, God calls you to a specific task and purpose. I remember when we had our first child, um, I remember being in the hospital when Grace was born 17 years ago. I'll never forget it. I mean, like I'm standing there and I'm telling you, it was like a holy moment in my life. I don't know how people not believe in God. I mean, like, are you crazy? When you watch a birth happen, you're just like, this is unbelievable. And my wife is incredible. I just fell more in love with my wife then I just think she is so awesome and amazing. But when the doctor took Grace, this baby, and placed her in my arms, I, I can't even tell you what I just felt back right then. I mean, I felt this weight, like all of a sudden now I'm responsible. And in my mind, I'm thinking, am I ready to be a dad? I mean, like, am I ready for this? Like, I'm responsible for this child. I remember going out and checking the car seat about 18 times, right? And making sure the car seat was secure in the car because now I'm taking my daughter and I'm putting her in the car. I remember driving on I-65 coming from Baptist Hospital and I'm always the guy, you know, kind of over in the faster lanes over there. Now I'm in the slow lane, right? I'm like driving the slow lane and people are getting a little close and I'm like, go around, go around, you know, because I got my daughter back here and I'm responsible for her. It was unbelievable. But you know what? I realized that God had called me. It was specific call for me. See, here's the deal. Somebody else can do my job. (laughs) Nobody else can be dad to my kids. It's my call. It's my responsibility. It's my privilege. It's my joy. God has called you, right? If you're a parent here, you're a grandparent here, you're an aunt, you're an uncle, God put you in that family for a reason and for a purpose. And for you to understand that, you know what? There's not anybody else. It was you. It was you. But then there's God's call that will come throughout as well, you know? God may call you to adopt or, or foster child. God, God may call you, you know what, to, to serve and to teach others. And God may call you, right, to, to host a community group or to start a Bible study at work. God's going to call you at different stages. And, and most of the time, our, our immediate response is like, Moses, I can't do that, right? But, but God's, no, I've called you. I've been preparing you what I've been preparing for you, right? I've called you for this time. You know, we leave tomorrow to go to, to student camp, middle school and high school students, and, and there's 60 adults that are going, and 60 adults who've taken a week of their vacation to go. And, and I got to tell you, you have to have a specific call to go be with middle schoolers for, you know, an entire week, right? You're sleeping in a bunkhouse, and praise God for these amazing adults who are going. We're so thankful for you. But it is a call. It's a call. And maybe God's called you to preschool, to children, to students, some way that you are serving. But God calls you to a specific task and purpose. See, God still speaks to his people today. And he does it one of four ways. You know, we all want the burning bush, right? I would have loved that burning bush. I wanted the mailbox, right? I wanted the letter in the mail. God doesn't do that today. I mean, he could if he wanted to. It'd be great. 
But here's how God speaks to his people today. It, it, just so you know this, right? One, he speaks through his word. See, Moses didn't have this. <laughs> we do. A J. Vernon McGee, who's a biblical commentator, he said, if God were to speak audibly today, he'd have to repeat himself because he wrote it all down. You know, it's like, it's right here. And there's so many times that people will say, you know, man, after a Sunday, they'll go, you know, man, I just felt like God was speaking to me and saying this. And, and I'm like, well, that wasn't me. That was, that was the Lord, right? The Lord speaks to his word. People will say, you know, I was reading the Bible one day and God just said, hey, I needed to help this person. I needed to jump in and God just put them on my mind. That's God speaking through his word. Now, here's the thing too. God will not call you to do something outside of his word. All right? You're going through a financial hardship. God's not calling you to embezzle from your company, right? That's just not it, right? It just does, that's, doesn't line up. That's not a good idea, right? Or cheat on your taxes. Oh, brilliant. No, no, no. It's, that doesn't line up. So God's going to put parameters right here. You know, maybe you're dating some guy or some girl. And you're kind of thinking, oh, they're so great. But they're not a follower of God. They're just... They're just far from the Lord and, and, you know, but maybe, maybe, maybe they'll come to know God, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. And I just want to tell you, I just want to encourage you, listen, the Bible says do not be unequally yoked. And maybe you think, oh, it's no big deal right now, but God's going, well, it's going to become a big deal. The number one cause of divorce in America is problems over faith. Second is problems over money. The third is Sexual immorality. I mean, those, those are the things that destroy. And God's just saying, I'm not going to call you to do something outside of this. So when you're praying about, you know, what this job situation, you're praying about this relationship, or you're praying about what God's calling you to do next, hey, just know that God will speak through his word. Second way God speaks is this, through godly people. Through godly people. See, this is why it's so important, you know, to have church and have community. Uh, there have been so many amazing people in my life who, who man, I go to for wisdom and advice. There have been people who are mentors and, and, and they'll just challenge you and speak to you. That's why we want you in the community. That's why we want you in men's Bible study or women's because we need godly people in our lives. If you have godly parents, praise God for that and be grateful, you know, because they're giving you wisdom. Be thankful. Third way God speaks today is, listen, through visions and dreams. You know, I've talked to people who just go, you know what? I woke up in the middle of the night and God just said, hey, start this ministry here. Hey, I woke up in the middle of the night and I just had this burden for, for serving someplace. I woke up in the middle of the night and God just had put this person on my heart, my mind, and my life. And they've just said, hey, I need to help them. I need to help them. I know I could, there's a lot of needs out there. There's a lot of things. But, but God just put this person on my mind and on my heart. And then the fourth way is this, his still small voice. <laughs> you see, when you become a Christ follower, right, at salvation, God places his Holy Spirit in you. Moses didn't have that. <laughs> That's why God spoke to him audibly, but now we have the Holy Spirit. So when you are walking with the Lord and, and, and you're praying and God prompts your heart and you go, okay, I can help. Okay, I can serve. I can't do everything, but God's called me to do this. God's called me here. And maybe for you, you know what? God may lay on your heart a specific task, a specific purpose. How are you gonna respond? How are you gonna respond? Because God will speak. See, answer God's call in your life. Answer God's call in your life. But Moses said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Moses made excuses. Did you notice that? If you read in all of three and four, Moses gives five excuses to God. Guys, the God of the universe is speaking to him through a bush. And Moses is like, 
Uh, well, I don't know, God. You know, I mean, not me. I can't speak real well. You know, I mean, like, choose somebody else. You're like, are you kidding me? But we do that, right? Moses made excuses. And are you making any excuses to God? Maybe in your life, you know, God's just calling you, calling you salvation. Or maybe God's been calling you to baptism. And you keep going, you know, I know God wants me to be baptized, but uh, God shouldn't have done that earlier. <laughs> God, maybe somebody else, you know, maybe, maybe a different time, you know, and, and God's going, no, now. Maybe God's been calling you to serve and you're like, oh man, I don't know. You know, I, I'm not great. I don't know all the Bible real well. I don't, I, I, maybe God's calling you to get involved and God's calling you to make a difference and you're like, ah, Maybe God's calling you to give, and you're like, ah, you know, and we immediately, immediately we think about Moses, and we go, Moses, I can't believe you did that, and then we come back, and we go, yikes, sometimes my own heart and my own life, I go, are you sure, God? Are you sure it's me? Can't it be somebody else? <laughs> Can't it be somebody else? See, God calls us to be obedient. God calls us to be obedient, and when we're obedient, that's where we see God do what only God can do. God's not looking for our ability. God's looking for our availability. Here's kind of a news flash, okay? He's God, we're not, right? God doesn't really need us. I mean, you know, he's sovereign over the entire world. God invites us to be a part of what he's doing. God invites us to serve. God invites us to grow. This is where the joy comes. This is where the peace comes. This is when we jump in, but God's calling us to be obedient. And when God prompts our heart and says, hey, would you pray with your spouse or with your family? And you're like, but God, I don't know how to do that. I don't know if I'm gonna say the right thing. I don't know how to pray over my kids. And God's going, look, you don't have to get it all right. Just be obedient. Just trust me. And you take that initial step and God shows up and God meets you right there. And you got a holy moment right there. Wow. God calls us to be obedient. Hey, will you trust God with your life? See, God will speak to you. God will call you in his relationships, his jobs, his family, it's all these things. But, but the question is, will you trust God? Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me return to my own people in Egypt. I mean, Moses weighs it out, right? This may cost me my life, <laughs> but I'm gonna trust you, God. Even though Moses did not have all the answers, he didn't know how it was all gonna go down. He didn't know what Pharaoh was gonna do, but he trusted, he trusted Spiritual maturity is revealed in our immediate obedience. I believe as you grow spiritually, right, then you really start to go, okay, God, I don't have all the answers, but I'm gonna trust you. And before it would take you a long time, maybe a lot of excuses, and then as you continue to grow, because there's a call that keeps coming to us. That's the greatest adventure. That's the unfolding of following God. That's the unfolding of trusting him. And as he speaks to us, then we go, okay, God, you've put this person on my heart for a reason. I need to go and ask them, you know, do I, can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? And God, maybe I should text somebody. Maybe I should email somebody. God, something's going on with my kids or my family. Something's going on here. God, let me step into that instead of sitting back. Let me engage in that instead of staying back. Aren't you thankful for the people in your life who said yes to God? 
Aren't you thankful for a mom or dad who said, yes, we're going to take our kids to church, right? We're going to give them a spiritual foundation. Aren't you thankful for grandparents who, man, all the things they went through? Aren't you thankful for maybe a boss who, who took the time to talk to you about Jesus? Aren't you thankful for somebody who took a chance on you and, and gave you a job or an opportunity? Aren't you thankful for the people who said yes to God? Yes, because they made a difference in us. And now it's our turn and it's our time. It's our turn, our time. Hey, will you, when you trust God, when you trust God, this is where you see God do miracles. You know what? Moses almost missed it. Moses almost missed it. God, choose somebody else. God said, God would have. God's going to accomplish it. God's going to rescue his people. But Moses would have missed out. Now, I'm sure Moses at 80 years old is going, well, I guess, you know, God's done with me. I'm just going to die here in the wilderness and this game over. And God's going, no, it's not. I still got plans for you. I got a purpose for you. I got a call on your life. Moses, go. And don't you know, Moses is like, wow, I got to see God do miracles. It's amazing. When you follow, when you trust, this is when you see God do what only God can do. I remember 18 years ago when, when God called us to play at Rolling Hills. And, and I, I tell you, I was scared. I was nervous. I had a great job. I had this thing called benefits, which was pretty awesome, right? <laughs> you know, and, and here I am, you know, married. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, this, you sure, God? Because I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what's going to happen. And, and my wife, Lisa, she had more faith than I did. She was just awesome. She's like, yeah, this is what God's calling. Let's pray. And, and God brought, you know, 13 other people to pray with us. We, we were on this journey of trusting God. But there came a time when God said, okay, you got to step away from your old job and step into this. And I kept putting it off. I kept making excuses. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And there came one Sunday after church, right? And, and the sermon was preached. And I remember walking off out of the place. And, and it was like, God said this. He said this. He said, Jeff, I'm calling you to obedience. I'm not calling you for this thing to work or not work. It doesn't matter. We're past that. We're just calling on you to just be obedient. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> I'll just be obedient. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to resign and walk away. And, and God, here we go. We're going to pack up and we're going to move over here to Williamson County and see what God will do. And you guys, I look back on that often and think, what if I would have said no? I would have missed out on some of my best friends in the world. <laughs> I would have missed out on seeing God work in, in Moldova and the Amazon. I would have missed out on all of this and joining with you and partnering together. I would have missed it. And I don't ever want to miss anything God's doing. I want to be in the center of God's will and God continues to call me and God continues to call us and God's continuing to work in our hearts and our lives. God's saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. Is there an area in your life where you've made excuses? Is there an area in your life where you go, you know what, God, I can't. And God goes, good. Because I can. I can I can't empower you to be the mom or dad that I created you to be. I, I can bless your marriage. I can redeem and restore you. I, I can use you to lead that Bible study. I can use you to work with those children or those students. I can use you for my glory. Would you trust me? Would you trust him today? I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life today. But I know God's not finished with any of us here. <laughs> Moses was 80 years old. But it's the adventure of a lifetime of learning to trust and follow 
putting God first. Maybe God's calling you to to be baptized and you've just been like, no way, God. (laughs) Maybe God's calling you to make him first in your life. Maybe God's calling you to salvation. Maybe God's calling you to pour into your kids and disciple them and teach them. You're just going, but it's hard. I don't know what to say. God's going, but I am. I am. And I love you. Maybe God's calling you to work on your marriage. Maybe God's calling you to serve a church, to get involved. Maybe God's calling you. I know he is. So Father God, here we are, your disciples today. And just like you called Moses, God, you call each one of us for a time such as this. And I pray, God, you would find us faithful. God, I pray that you would give us confidence in you, that you would give us joy in the journey, that we wouldn't be held back by fear and worry and anxiety. God, that we would trust you in knowing that you're gonna fulfill your plan for us. So Father God, we commit our lives to you today. Open our hearts, open our ears, and use us, God, for your glory. Speak to us, Father, as your people. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook and stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We are thankful for you.